Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop, stop dying. dying. Just stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, for crying out loud. <laughs> stop dying, Mike. Hey, Chuck, stop dying. Bob. Oh, hey, Bob. Chuck. That's not working. It's better. No, no this, that was awful. No, it, it's that not. No energy whatsoever. Really, this, this is my new matter? thing. This is my new thing. You should never be surrounded by yes people. You should uh, always be surrounded by people who are who are almost hostily critical of you at all times. Right. Well. <laughs> so that you're always on your toes. So we're going to do oh, it again. Yeah. Stop dying, Chuck. Stop dying, Mike. Hey, Bob and Chuck, stop dying, man. <laughs> oh, my God. God damn it, that phoniest, was fucking good. That was the phoniest radio kind of thing. You, got awesome, you, stop, by, you stop dying, Mike Mark. Hey, uh, so, so the so people the- are dying in droves, by the way. A, 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 quaint, a person I know killed themselves, and suicide rates are very high. They're going up because of this quarantine. And I started thinking... Uh, like I got two kids and a, a wife and a mother-in-law. And so like, it's chaotic at my house, even under quarantine. Right. <laughs> but if you're a single guy with no kids, like this is getting month three, this has got to be awfully lonely. Right. Yeah. And most people aren't used to being alone. No, they say they don't like people, but they miss them when they're not around. <laughs> That's a Charles Bukowski saying, actually. Is it? Yes. I feel I, I, it's not that I don't like people. I just feel better when they're not around. That's like his saying. <laughs> okay. But so that's, that, I just said the exact opposite. But no, no, but he was a hypocrite because he was always around people. Ah. ah, so you even ah. found flaw with Charles Bukowski, who was so drunk all the time, he was a genius. Which is he was not, not. He was not drunk all the time. I, I knew him. He was not drunk all the time. He was grumpy all the time, but not drunk all the time. At the end, didn't he get? Did he not drink as much in the end? Yeah, he stopped drinking towards the end. Even like a lot of times, he would say, "That's so he's depressing, put on dude." A show. The most famous drunk in the world is like fucking sobers up at the end. You know what I mean? Well, it's it was awful for him because. You know, he he became so famous for being drunk because people wanted to, you know, expect him to be drunk. And then he lived that part and he would put on a show, we call it. Like, you know, we want, want to put on a show. He was also very obsessed with fame. I worked on the movie Barfly and uh, my job was kind of to make him happy. What a great job for Bobby <laughs> Forrest in 1986 or 87. <laughs> that was a perfect job for me. And like people would come by, Sean Penn would come by, and Dave Bowie come by. And it was obvious that Charles Bukowski liked that David Bowie and Sean Penn came by. He yeah. was kind of into his celebrity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, huh. which I, you know, nowadays people shun celebrity. Nowadays, celebrity isn't the same thing anymore, right? Everybody's no, famous now. It's a dime a dozen. Like when you're in a room with. David Bowie, Charles Bukowski, and Sean Penn. That's celebrity. That's famous. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like the girl from YouTube. and the- <laughs> yeah. you know Haven't you seen them on, uh, on yeah. Facebook? Haven't yeah, you Facebook. Yeah. Right, and those really famous people were very accessible. You know what I mean? Like, you, they would just talk. They wanted to have fun. 
Yeah. Now everybody wants to brand. They want to just brand. I don't think, I guess branding is fun if you're into branding. <laughs> it's not me. Cows, maybe. But so, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's really sad. This guy I knew killed himself uh, last oh, man. Fri- last Friday. What is today? Monday? No, it was like, it, it was two days after Father's Day. So it was a, it was last Tuesday. Oh, he wasn't a dad, was he? Yes, he was. Oh my God, so sad. But well, then you know I started what? because I because somebody told me a lot of people kill themselves. So I looked into it. Like, yes, suicide rates are are rising, almost like coronavirus. Like it's crazy. That's a that's a, like a toll of this thing. And this gets back to what we talk about all the time. What I talk about all the time. We are a very traumatized, sick personality disordered society and left to our own devices alone and isolated all that's going to come out right chuck it's all going to come out your depression your mania and your and your anxiety and your pessimism and your your catastrophizing and if you're by yourself like you know it was kind of funny in the beginning the zoom meetings zoom meetings are not the same as being with people no way are they. No, they're not. And so I just wanted to say to anybody out there struggling, if you're alone and you're isolated or whatever, just hang on. This shit's going to end. Just hang on. There's an, end, <laughs> yeah. there's an end to this coronavirus thing. It might not oh, be until January, but there's an end to it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not but, on our time for sure. Do you sure. think the suicide rate has anything to do with like people of lots of fame committing suicide since Kurt Cobain? I think we've talked about that before, like Kurt Cobain and and and, and uh, Robin Robin Williams and Well, the Chris little Cornell. kids sometimes I think that the kids that are dying the YouTubers and the and the like little peep and the rappers and the not yet famous but underground famous people and there's a huge suicide rate believe it or not in the k-pop world k-pop kids no are way. killing themselves yes not the audience the artists themselves three of them have killed themselves in the last four months God. any of them like bts or anything yeah. i know or uh yeah one that you would know in the girl band she killed herself 27 years old one of the things that i because i've been hearing about this k-pop suicide thing there's four of them actually but one suspected that maybe he was murdered so because the k-pop thing is kind of like menudo they're kind of interchangeable and replaceable and they don't own the songs and they don't own the concert revenue it's so it's a kind of a probably a a depressing world to be trapped inside and then as soon as imagine you're being chased down the street in tokyo or in new york city and you're playing at five nights at Staples Center, and then they just discard you, and you're right. nowhere and nothing. And they have a person that looks exactly like you playing that role in the band. And I, I it like, so, so. So, like this, Ace Freely and Peter Chris. Right. They didn't kill themselves, though. They just <laughs> no, got no. drunk. They just got yeah. drunk. You know one of the highlights of my life? I know you're a big Kiss fan. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Chuck, but I got to sing rock and roll all night and party every day with Ace Fraley playing guitar and Steven Adler playing drums. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. Oh, how cool. 
Where that was the that? first, was that first concert at the music bar, the Henry Fonda on Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah, he's, I, I want to rock see. and roll all night and party every day. Right? That's it. Yeah, he's, he, what I've seen that he does a lot of stuff. A, what more do you need for a philosophy of life? <laughs> yeah. I want to yes. party every day. You're done. Huh? You can just hang it up now, man. You're done. <laughs> yeah. that, that is the statement. <laughs> but the weird of... thing was, it was like Ace Frehley, the human being. I wasn't looking over at a, the Ace Man, the Space Man. I was looking right. over at a guy, you know, about a little older than me. But he was playing <laughs> that guitar. He was playing that riff. That's that. That must have been a blast. So he anyway, just seems to be a really cool guy. Suicide's way up. You haven't had it down there in Huntington Beach or Long Beach, you guys? No, there's, you know, I just, just came off a, a, a Zoom meeting and, and people were talking about, there were a couple suicides. There's only 12 people on the Zoom meeting and two people had people they knew in the last week and a half or whatever kill themselves. And they had it's crazy, right? Around. Yeah, and, and so, these are not loaded people. These are people that were sober for a period of time. I know. So this is, gets to the whole point of the drug overdose death, the suicide, the depression in America, the anxiety, the benzos, the alcohol consumption. There's something terribly wrong with us, and we're keeping it a secret almost. You don't see any press about it. You don't see any stories about it. You don't see any kind of real governmental uh, seeing the urgency in the depression and mental health in America and the, and the suicide rate and the drug addiction and the drug overdose death. You don't really see attention paid to it. And I don't think, I don't think you ever will because there's such a stigma to it and such a the drug overdose thing is like, oh, they do it to themselves. You know, they kind of deserve it. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting into. I understand that. But to not have compassion towards somebody that's so lonely, so sad, feels so helpless and lost that they jump off a building or they shoot themselves in the head is just flabbergasting to me that there's no compassion towards suicide people. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's 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 a rough one. I'm glad, you know, I think we, we've talked about this before, and it's one of those things where I'm glad I don't understand it completely because I'd be lost in it. But the idea that that they, when people go, oh, he took the coward's way out. <clears throat> and I think that's, I don't hey, you know. You know what I a, started saying when people say that? Like I, That's also an Orange County kind of thing. But people say it in L.A. I think it started people, in L.A. People say it in L.A. And, you know, the first time I heard it, because it was a friend of mine that had killed himself, and I said, you don't have the fucking guts to do it. If it's so cowardly, like, it's not cowardly. It's like, how do you get to that place in life? Like, Kurt Cobain was the main one. Like, how did he get to that? I understand the drugs. I understand the nightmare girlfriend. I understand you know, uh, the miserable kind of career. I understand the trauma and your parents loving you now that you're famous, but throwing you under a bridge when you were a kid. I understand all of that. I just don't know how you take all of that and all that he'd achieved and all that he had and a daughter and just go, you know what? Killing myself is the best option here. I, it's unfathomable to me, the sadness you must feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that that amount of desperation anytime, especially when it's a, not especially, but it, it seems to hit home a lot more when it, there are clients that I've worked with and they get sober. And it's like all of a sudden their life is moving forward and you find out it's not an overdose, but a, but a suicide, which there's not a whole lot of difference when you're messing with fentanyl. It's kind of, you know, well, let's talk about that. So but, when you know this, this, when you know somebody really hung themselves or shot themselves or jumped off a building, is that more sad to you than somebody dying of an accidental fentanyl overdose? Or is it the same or is it less? Is it like, is it how on the sad scale? Where do you place it? <laughs> where on the, on the sad face scale? You know, all I can think of is when when my brother was my brother was on foot, hit by a car crossing the freeway, and when I read the fatality report and it said lack of sober judgment was one of the causes. Oh my! He was God. he was wasted. But one of the things that was important for me to see was that he was struck on the right side of his body. So he was crossing the lanes to get to the center divider. Yeah, not so that, looking that he at didn't the cause. stop that he didn't stop and get hit from the front. And I found relief in that. So an honest answer on that would be to think that it's accidental and it wasn't someone was just in so much pain that they had to end it. Yeah, the, I'm saying that the suicide thing is the worst of all because they were in I, so I think much so. pain and so sad, and they could have called you. I think there's this feeling of like, God, what? Like, I've had some very close friends kill themselves, and I'd be like, God, I, like, I wasn't loving enough that they thought I, they could call me. Like, you or know what was I mean? it that you were loving enough? And this is the weird part. That whole thing that. It's at the end of a perfect night that they do it, not on a sad night. It, today was the best day I'm going to have, and this is as good as it gets, and I want to go out on this note because life is so miserable all the time, and it's got to be a chemical thing. It's got to be some sort of something you can't just talk out of. So who, who's to say that maybe being their friend and them finally having friends was enough for them experiencing it and going, okay, I'm done, like hurt with his fame. Maybe having the fame and the money – it was just like, okay, I've accomplished what I need to do. It's not going to get any better than this. But I'm see, out. I don't believe in afterlife. So so I, I don't know. I don't believe in afterlife. So I think it's all while we're here. So what, it, what right. a suicide, what a very close friend suicide, or, you know, I've had a friend's girlfriend kill themselves. Themself. And what I think it is, is that's a failure on the people that survive, the people that are alive. You failed to be a community. You failed to reach out to that person to tell that person the truth how full of shit they were or that you love them or both that you're we're failing as a society i do believe we're all kind of backing away from each other and it's just every man for themselves right this idea and i don't believe in that i believe this is all we've got is each other and everybody's either maybe that's why people back away from it and they don't want to talk about it because we know on some primal we level failed that person. That, we, that we may have failed that person. And, what, and what's you a, know, why, why can't we talk about that? Because that's what America so America doesn't like the tough conversations anymore. We like the easy conversations like fuck the police, defund the police. We don't like <laughs> the more complicated, nuanced, gray conversations of what is police's role? Are we having the police be mental health uh, because we don't want to have a mental health uh, care in America, so they have to clean up the mental health problem, the homeless mm. problem. They have to clean up the 
the the dysfunctional families, the economic problems of our society. I mean, uh, you know, I've read a lot of stuff about this police stuff. It's so easy to say, fuck the police, defund the police. We still have mental health problems where people are killing their children in the street like they did in Chicago or whatever the other day. Um, you, you still have a homeless population where women are being prostituted and horrible diseases spread and schizophrenics walking around screaming at people. You still have that. You still have domestic abuse at its all-time high under this quarantine. You have, and you have every regular day crime, and you've got gangs and drug dealing. Do we really want no police? <laughs> right. I, I don't think, I, I, you know, the people that say that, I, I, I don't think they're thinking, but you're right. It's reactionary and it's easy to talk about. You know, but we can, how, when, when have you called the police? How, I've called when, the police several times. I had a neighbor shoot his wife. I've called, yeah, I call the police. Uh, I don't, Sorry. I haven't, I haven't called I, them in 40 years. When you, you've never heard gunshots next door to you, you just don't call the police? No. If you were if you were a woman involved in an abusive relationship, who else could you call and you needed to get out because some man's beaten you? I mean, we can't universalize our own experiences and say that no one needs Here's police. Here's an example. The next, block, I, the next block over, um, one of these guys that I used to work for, he's like, you know, he went out to get the, these kids uh, to stop, you know, shooting fireworks off, right? And they beat him up. Right. They beat him up. We called the. They called the police. I didn't call the police. I would just go over and deal with them. But they called the police. The police came over, stood around for twenty minutes, and then left. Did nothing. I, right. You know, that's my experience with them the whole my entire life is that. I, you know, I'm sorry. Well, I've been beaten up by them many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't. So mean... they don't do nothing all the time. Sometimes I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I listen, this I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. I'm just saying the problem is mental health. The problem is poverty. The problem is race. The problem is in inequality. The problem is schiz untreated schizophrenia. There's a lot of problems. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That we're dumping on the police. I mean, it's a shitty job. I would never want it. Never. No, no. If there's if there's someone doing a home invasion robbery next door and i hear and i hear it through the walls or something i don't want to go over there and shoot them i want the police to come and do that no and you know but, a good example of that, i'm sorry Chuck, the good example of that is that there was a walmart shooting just recently the other day right the police showed up they took the guy out immediately he was shooting people they one cop one cop just pulled out his gun the guy had a gun he was shooting people he'd already killed somebody took him out bam done job done that's that's what you, that was a good fucking call you know what i mean that's what yeah you're but but what, right. what, what we're talking about is excessive policing in minority communities we can solve that let's get rid of that that, that no police can be fired or ever lose their job let's get rid yeah, of that let's de defund terrible. the police union it's the police union that that stand up for their brothers in blue like fuck that Here's the thing, Chuck, you and I are in an industry that's been under a lot of duress the last five years. I say, fuck oh, yeah. that guy, put him in jail, put the sovereign dude in jail, extradite him from fucking India and put him in jail. He fucking killed people with his right. fraud. Right. Absolutely. I'm not saying, oh, because they're drug counselors or treatment centers, I'm going to just be silent. No, get all these bad motherfuckers out of here. 
right? Yeah, but the police right. don't do that. They protect their bad actors. And that's got to stop. Or they're going to be defunded by the mob. The good thing is, is that how that is being looked at. And, and I don't think it's going to be able to be swept under the rug, although things get swept under the rug all the time, like the suicides, like the increase, like, like the fact that we obviously have a dependent population if you have to keep liquor stores open during a quarantine. But I'll, but I'll give you a, a, an example of, I used to work on this, it was called Respond Team, right? So I was a drug counselor, there was a social worker who could write a hold, and we'd go with the police. Usually... You know, because of my magical powers talking to drunk people and high people, <laughs> I could power. get the guy, and I'm not, it's 90, 70, 80% of the time it was a drunk guy who's abusing his wife. I could get him to go in the backyard with me and sit and talk. It didn't have, have to be the police go in and shoot him because he acts irrationally or whatever, right? But, but I was there to talk to him. And I had a way of talking to him that calmed him down. Most times he would come with me to the hospital, right? Um, mm-hmm. If the police weren't there, he wouldn't fucking let me in his house. Right. He's not going <laughs> to talk to me. Right. The, we're all four standing on the front porch. Wife opens the door. He sees us all. And then we come in the entryway. He's, the police are observing that he's safe. So am I, that he doesn't have a gun, that he's whatever. And then I say, hey, I'm Bob Force. I represent Los Encinas Hospital. I'm here on a, on a um, uh, we'll forget what it was called. A, uh, what's it called where you're seeing if somebody's safe? Uh, uh, fuck, uh, I forget uh, the term. Welfare check. Welfare check. It was called something else, though. This is in like 2003 or something. It was called something else. So I'm just here, and I'm a certified drug counselor. This is the social worker, and obviously, you know, the other guys. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I would make a joke, and I would take that person wherever I looked like I could take them, right, to the backyard usually. Um, and then the wife could talk to the social worker and the police, and it worked magnificently. Guess what? Because of the the uh, bankruptcy of the state state of California, they disbanded that. Right. Well, that sounds like that was the beginning of something good. It was great, and I I felt you know, and it was we didn't ride around with the police. You met them there. You had the address, and they would be usually out in front in the black and white when we would get there, and it was so Mm. cool. And it it stopped a lot of domestic abuse. It gave the guy a chance to get sober. Um, and it certainly prevented them being killed by the police. It was a good solution, you know, a moderator. Yeah, but now you're doing an either-or. Now you're saying just send out the social workers and the drug counselor. Like, trust me, they're not going to let us in the house. No. The the, police do carry a little bit of authority to get the social workers in the door. (laughs) Right, but almost exactly what you were saying was just a few months ago when we had that, homeless guy on on main street and the police show up and the guy obviously needed help he needed something and they said he's not a danger to himself or others so there's nothing we can do so instead you've got this guy hooting and hollering running up and down main street and even though it's obvious that the man the man needs just give him a place to sleep for a little while talk to him when he comes up or whatever that that whole thing is missing so chuck are you still optimistic in yes. the face of all this, absolutely. There's nothing, nothing else to be. 
Really? About America? You're optimistic? Absolutely. Are you kidding? The only thing I'm not optimistic about is the election because it, it's that's the only thing I'm not optimistic about. I don't think there's going to be a good result the, either way. The ripping, the ripping in half of neighborhoods and you're either for him or against him and all this division, you're still hopeful. You are an eternal optimist, my friend. I, no, I just, I just think that people, once they pull their heads out of their asses and stop trying to convince other people to believe like they do, they can actually see But wait what's a minute. Happening. I thought, so we're in the middle of a coronavirus, a pandemic that's killing our old people, right? We're right. in the middle of, we have uh, 20% unemployment. We're going to have a, a depression moving into a recession. Things are not going to be the same for a year and a half economically, right? Any forecast. The, some of the dire ones are 20% of the businesses that have closed are never going to reopen again. And you're talking about JCPenney. You're talking about, you know huge companies that employ tens of thousands of workers, right? right. So, so economic kind of devastation, health and devastation and death, the rising suicide alcoholism, overprescribing, the hatred among Americans of each other, the intolerance, and you're still an optimist. Well, I think the, you know, the way you're saying it is like, is I think you're you're thinking I that thought I, think the, you I thought the corona. Let me let me just say I thought the coronavirus and the economic devastation would bring us together, and it's and that has not been the case. It's more divisive. You're an asshole if you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask. So the don't mask wear a mask people laugh and make fun of the people that wear a mask. The people who wear a mask say the people who don't wear masks are stupid Trump rednecks. I never thought I would ever see grown adults behave the way they're behaving in America. Grown adults, 50 and 60 year old people about whether to wear a mask or not. It's been happening since the end of 2016. I think people have been eviscerating each other on all sorts of levels for the last four years. I think it's the ugliest time I've seen. But but this is it's another one of those things where the mask the thing, is the mask thing crazy or what? It's, abs it's absolutely well. Then this is the part of it is it's the way people do it. Like I had a friend go on go on uh, Facebook and Instagram and put a picture of himself in a mask and saying you're a fucking idiot if you don't wear one. Whoever listened to anybody telling them. They're if a you don't do what idiot. I do, you're a fucking idiot. No one what? has ever listened to that. If there's, if you've got one percent punk rock in you, you don't want to wear one anymore, even if you think it's a so good idea. So listen to right? what I did. My mother-in-law wasn't crazy about wearing a mask, but I know she loves Louis Vuitton. Guess what I did? I ordered a Louis Vuitton mm -hmm. mask from France. It took six weeks to get here. Uh -huh. She fucking loves it. It's a Louis Fantas Vuitton face mask. Fantastic. Of course, she's gonna wear it. She right, and you. Costco in it. I'm so proud that I and I show everyone. I got a Kobe Bryant mask, and I've got the the Milky Way Galaxy mask, and I've got a Raiders mask for Elvis because he loves the Raiders now. I got Sydney a Princess mask. Chrissy's got like four different really cool custom made masks. It's fun to wear different masks. Make it about right. the masks. And, and they're they're not comfortable and they're not fun. And this girl today at work was going. 
man, I have to wear these all day here. And then I have to wear them all night at school because she's going to cosmetology school. And I go, you know what, honey, I don't like it either. But we're doing what we got to do. If this is the biggest hardship we have to face in, in our lifetime, we'll be okay if this is as bad as it gets. Maybe I'm crazy. I just, I just like all the different masks I've got. I love eBay. <laughs> I'm pissed. Dude, I ordered a Gene Simmons one like three eBay. months ago, and it hasn't come yet. <laughs> I, I, I that's that's annoying I, it was a cool one i'll tell you man i think it's i think it's the this like everybody's just so addicted to the media thing because you've talked about this bob you know you gave up uh, instagram and all that other stuff yeah, you know if you shit. stay off all of that stuff and you don't take anything in, in, like i do not watch any news I do not right. like I listened to for the first time I got in my car and I listened to John and Ken and, and that John was just going off and he was so angry and people love that. People love to hear other people talk and be angry. Just like Rush <laughs> Limbaugh. They love it. They fucking love mm -hmm. it. And then they can go out in the world and they can be angry and they can fucking yell at people and stores and, you know, make a big scene and they get on YouTube. And, you know, I, I think it's just this addiction to fucking foul ass media. Well, we've all been around a long time. Chuck, not as long as me and Mike. <laughs> I've never seen grown women do the thing like when they're confronted with not wearing a mask in a supermarket just start throwing all the items in their basket <laughs> out all over the floor like they should be ashamed that woman should be ashamed of herself know, all these karens ridiculous. all these karens should be ashamed of themselves all these people that that the, here's there was a big concert in tennessee by this country guy right and you know it's the first really big concert gonna happen in america and the crowd was supposed to be spaced out. I don't know if you saw it, but no one was stopping them from getting up to the front of the stage. So uh, it was a 10,000-seat arena. In the, within three songs, all 4,000 people allowed in the arena were smacked up against the stage. <laughs> it was the responsibility of the artist to say, hey, hey, everybody, hang on. Or at least let's, and nobody's wearing a mask, and they're all crushed up against the front of the stage. It was his responsibility to say, listen, Everybody at least put their masks on and maybe back up a little bit. And let's have, uh, you know, we all want to have a fun time. But he didn't because he's a fucking coward because he's a fucking dumbass coward. <laughs> Th that's the truth of it. Did he inflame them? Did no, he, he was just playing his country rock show and he wasn't going to tell people what to do or they didn't want to wear a mask or he's scared of his own audience. He's scared of being an, a, a responsible adult <laughs> and it's fucking bullshit. And so now guess what? Every concert's going to be canceled. It already has happened. They're going to have no more concerts there because that guy was irresponsible. He had a responsibility to his audience. You know what I mean? So immediately... Mm -hmm. The, the arena's not going to take responsibility for the crowd rushing to the stage, right? And right away, everybody's asking me what I think, what I think. I think that guy was, he fucking cowered at the moment. He was yeah. scared of his own audience. Irresponsible. No, yeah. tell well, them to it, put their masks on or you know, back the, thing, the fuck up. We can have fun the, the still keeping he, everybody safe. And then I came up with this thing, like every dumb country guy's got a song about their grandma. So I said, he could have, if he had half a brain, he could have said, listen, we're not wearing the mask because we don't like Donald Trump or we're not wearing the mask because the liberals tell us to. We're wearing the mask for grandma. And then he does his grandma song. Only in grandma on the front porch. <laughs> 
I hate all, uh, all that. You yeah, know what you, I mean? <laughs> Every one of those country guys has a grandma song, don't they, Mike? You listen to all of them. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Or, yeah, Mike, don't they? Randy Travis has a, a grandma song. George Strait has a grandma song. I'm sure that all these new guys that idolize those guys, Garth Brooks probably has three grandma songs. John Cougar Mellencamp's got a grandma song. Everybody's got a grandma song. Everybody you just mentioned, I have no idea what the fuck their music even sounds like. I listen to two, like, I listen to Chris Stapleton, I listen to Steve Earle, and I listen to old country and western. Are you telling me that somebody, somebody please write in, because I don't know Stapleton's (laughs) music that much. He has to have a grandma song. I love. Or grandpa, (laughs) grandpa on the front porch, got the Bible in her hand. He's got a lot of songs about whiskey and his dad. And stuff, you know. Yeah. Whiskey well, is dad. Don't kill dad yeah, wearing, because hey, if you're middle aged, dad's old. my alcoholic father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who smoked his whole life and's got C P S C O P. Yeah, we got it. But Bob, you gotta go to and just, listen to a song by Chris Stapleton called Daddy Doesn't Pray Anymore. And you'll find Daddy you'll, doesn't pray. He's an atheist. He's, we've got to keep him safe. No, you gotta listen to that song, man. It's one of the best songs ever written, man. Really you know is. what? I'll tell you one thing about Chris Stapleton. He had the world at his feet, and he did not deliver a second album, did he? Uh, he likes the blues. That's kind of a downfall because nobody wow. likes the blues anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. It really is. It really is. You know so, what I mean? um, it really It's like. Oh, my God. I'm just overdrawn on my Chase account. I can't believe uh, it. Uh, that fucking Amazon Prime once uh, a year, it overdrafts over. my account every time. Every goddamn. <laughs> Do you have Amazon Prime, you guys? I love it. Yep. It's $130 a year. When do you pay it? Um, you know what you do? You call, you cancel it, and then and then you um, call them and say it's too much, too expensive, and they'll lower the price. Will they really? Yeah. I do oh, that with everything. I do that when the bank overcharges me and gives me a $35 charge. <laughs> I call them immediately and I said, and I tell them, look, you, you have to take that off. I can't, you know, I just can't be like, you know, and they take it. They, they either take it off completely or they cut it in half. Oh, my God. That was so fun. Yeah. I do love it. I love. So what are you watching? Let's talk about television for a second since I just bounced my overdraft of my account for Amazon Prime. Dude, you know um, what I'm watching? I'm watching Alone. It's on Netflix. Oh, that's it's, fantastic. That show is amazing. And Martine's involved yep. in that. Martine is? Yeah. And what is, yeah, that, what is it about? They put these people out in the middle of nowhere and they just survive, man, on nothing. You know, guys they, and they gals. Can, they can take and it's, like, on ne- it's on Netflix? I think, yeah, What's yeah. It on? I think it's on Netflix, yeah. yeah it's called it Alone. It's, ama- Alone. it's amazing, yeah. Yep. It's a real reality thing? Yeah, well, I mean, they take the, it's a survival thing. They take these people and they just put them in the middle of How's nowhere. How is it and different they got than it. Naked and Afraid? I like uh, Naked and Afraid. Oh, no. It, well, they're it, not naked. It's, they're they're not, not naked, naked ones. And, and they, they it, can take it's clothes. rougher, but it, it kind of it shows a lot about like human beings, the idea that we have so much time in the day and so little to do when these people will spend a day hunting a Digging squirrel a hole or put a water, bow right. through yeah, the head yeah. of a squirrel and then eating it and getting sick. I mean, life used to be oh so much God. harder that you didn't have time to sit around and be depressed. If you had, what are you? Are you watching it too? Yeah, uh, I did. It doesn't sound that appealing to me. You like you like alone? Have you I, ever I, heard I, of Father Martin? No, yeah, like a good. British show. Oh, it's so good. He's a he's a Doc, Doc Martin. 
a priest detective. I thought Father was, Mark. Oh, well, that I sounds thought, good. Oh, thought, That's good. Yeah, it's really good. Is he all tough? And Is the, he tough? Like the cross and the switchblade type of thing? No, he's a real gentle guy, but he's cynical. Oh. He's like a sarcastic priest. See, right. I watch all those shows, and Amy hates them. <laughs> Miss Miss Fisher's m- murders, and um, yeah, Mrs. Mark, Mrs. Uh, yeah, the the twenties one. I love that yeah. show. Miss Mrs. <laughs> Maple, Mrs. Maple's Mapleton, mysteries. Yeah, yeah Miss, she's fantastic. She's sexy. She's sexy. Can you say that? Shetland. Is is the word sexy like off limits now too? Nah, can you we can not say even sexy. say that? It's all right. You can. Yeah, because it's all suggestive. We might have to edit There's, that out. No, I love that. No Mrs. nudity. Don't leave it in. Miss Maple's Mysteries. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's good. No, love that show. Does Chrissy watch that? That's, and so n- she won't watch that. She watches like the Little Big Lies or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And she loves the ninety day. She's got me addicted to it. The ninety day uh, when they got to get married and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch the now other way? you're talking quality television. <laughs> Did you 90 watch 90 Day, Day Fiance? 90 Day Fiance, the other way where people leave the leave America and go live with their people in their countries of origin. Like they go to Korea and they go to uh, Qatar and, there? and they go and to South there? Africa. And once the Americans leave America and they get to where they're going, they are so miserable. We're going to, so oh yeah, I'm sure. We're going to lose me in a few minutes because my phone is, my battery, I got a new battery. It's still going bad. I'm, I believe that the Apple company is in a conspiracy. I think they make your phone go bad after four years. I think it goes yes. bad for sure. Yeah, the updates make it go bad, yeah. Yeah. Didn't they get in trouble for that? I think they I think they admitted to doing that, to obsoleting their own devices. My phone goes dead all day long. I I don't want to upgrade because I don't want a non button phone. I need the button. I can't do the sliding thing. Really? What sliding thing? What sliding thing? Yeah. So I'm gonna say goodbye and then I know it's gonna shut off. I'm saying bye now, guys. But so television is the one positive through the coronavirus quarantine. Yeah. There has never been so much great television. <laughs> there he oh, goes. No. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> no. We'll just keep that in, man. That was classic. <laughs> that was, that was hey, Chuck, that was a great episode, man. It's a short <laughs> one, but it's totally fine. I love you, brother, and I hope you're well down there. Thank you very County. much. That was cool. And, hey, uh, take care. Keep getting those kids outside. That is so cool to see. Oh yeah. We went hiking at the, uh, uh, up uh, solstice Canyon, man. It was amazing. That's, was that's amazing. what I go on there for is to see people just try, just making the best of being dads and being with their friends and not about being in fancy places or being at the, at the right sunset, but just experiencing life and not sitting around feeling bad. Yeah, it was really fun, man. The kids, the kids loved it too. Except my youngest threw a little, you know, a little temp, temper tantrum, but she's a, she's kind of an honorary cuss, you know. So <laughs> I wonder where she gets it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Mike. Anyways, you have man, a great week. I'll talk stay to you safe, soon. everybody. Don't die. All of our Bye. friends out there. Bye. <laughs>